Question for you, Steve. Did you always know that you wanted to be in commercial real estate, like when you were in high school or college? Wow, that's a good one, Corey. Uh, you know, in ninth grade in civics class, the word social scientist was bolded, and I could tell I was sort of interested in that. And as an economist uh, making my way into the industry, I suppose that's the first crack into it. But I certainly did not know what commercial real estate was. How about you, Corey? So to be honest, like when I was growing up, right, I didn't know that this was a thing. Right? I saw buildings, obviously, but you know, it never occurred to me that there was an industry around building, owning, and operating them, and that it was everywhere. Yeah, Corey, you're right. And uh, I don't think we're alone in that. Our industry is pretty pervasive and can have a high impact, but it's also pretty exclusive and not especially diverse, but it doesn't need to be that way. And today we're going to talk about some work that's already underway to change that not just for the benefit of the industry, but also for people and communities around the country. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Freddie Mac Multifamily Podcast. I'm Steve Guggenmoss. And I'm Corey Aber. Today on the podcast, we are joined by Cedric Bobo. Cedric is the CEO and co-founder of Project Destined. Uh, Project Destined is a real estate-focused social impact vehicle that trains urban youth and military veterans to be owners and stakeholders in the communities in which they live, work, and play. And uh, Project Destined has provided training to nearly a 1,000 students so far and and, uh, veterans across seven markets uh, and London uh, since its founding in 2016. And they've partnered with uh, leading firms across real estate. Uh, So Cedric, thanks so much for being here today. No, it's a pleasure to uh, to be with you. And as I hear you all chat about how the real estate sector got demystified with you all over time, it it just tells us that there's a continuing need for our work. So it's great to be with you. All right. Well, well, let's let's talk about that work a little bit, and let's start with a, a background on on Project Destin before we get into uh, you know, some deeper questions. Yeah, I mean, our our goal, our mission is 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 really simple. It's to to develop a pipeline of talent, diverse talent. For the real estate sector, I mean, the second piece of it is really training students to have an ownership mentality, uh, which we think just enhances the first goal, which is real estate, as Steve said, is this wildly pervasive sector. It's everywhere. Uh, but yet so many students never see it as being something um, that is for them. You know, so a big part of my job is really first selling them on the fact that real estate is for them and then trying to create a pathway through training. Uh, and amplifying their talent, directing their talent uh, to the sector. I mean, the roots of this work are, um, we kicked it off in Detroit in 2016. Detroit was a market that was undergoing you know, incredible change and in that there's lots of invested capital going into the sector to develop it. It's a city that's you know, largely African-American, but there wasn't a lot of diversity in the sector. And I didn't believe it was out of lack of interest, but really lack of awareness and opportunity. Uh, and so we began building Project Destin to really attack that opportunity and first started with high school students. We trained them on how to invest in real estate, and then we supported them in applying it to live local deals in, they, in their community. It was almost like a Saturday school for real estate that we started in high school and then grew to Memphis and Miami and New York. And as you said, we've trained over a thousand students, but the mission has always been the same. Let's teach through awareness application. Uh, and along the way, we think students will get the bug and be excited about real estate. Certainly, an exciting field to be in once you once you know it exists, exactly. and once you know that you can you can do something in it. Mm. So let, let's talk a little bit about your background. Mm. How did how did you get into this, and how did you start uh, Project Destined? Yeah, I mean, the, I mean, the roots of it are quite dated for me. In the sense of you know, I grew up in a family 
uh, in northern Mississippi, town of 7,000. But my great-grandfather you know, bought 100 acres of land in 1890 um, and built the farming business first and then some adjacent businesses on top of it that you know continue to be in our family. And so I grew up around a guy who bought real estate early and kept it. Um, but and then I grew up wanting to be an owner just like him. I didn't know how the heck to do it because it didn't seem like it was a real estate business, but it was a farming and adjacent a set of adjacencies uh, that he had built, but not really real estate. So I didn't know how to pursue this whole idea of becoming an owner at scale. Uh, so I studied engineering in school. Um, I spent a year abroad at Oxford and played rugby with guys who were doing about some banking. Found my ba- found my way to Wall Street. Worked in private equity twenty years, uh, but began buying real estate on the side. And just had such a deep passion and love for it. Uh, as soon as I bought my first sort of little small tiny apartment building, uh, that I just always wanted to be in the space. Uh, and so after buying real estate on the side for for a number of years while I was working at the Carlisle Group uh, in 2015, I began doing it, you know, for myself. And then I saw this movie to connect the dots, um, you know, about Detroit. And I began to see this real connection between my desire to own, but also to really make others aware of owning. And so we pursued this dual mission of I would go out and buy real estate while similarly building what's really an apprenticeship training style business um, that's attached to it. So that's my story is that, hey, I'm solving a problem I had when I was young. Uh, and now we're scaling both the idea of buying real estate, but also training others to to get the training they need to enter the field. That's really fantastic. And uh, kind of as we talked about in the introduction, um, I don't think Corey or I knew of knew of the real estate industry at all um, when we were high school age. And, and your, your target is to get down into that level, which is really fantastic. So how do you make that connection? And, uh, and how do you find um, kind of the interest there? Yeah. Well, the first thing is, I mean, in terms of I know we'll talk about it some more later, is that, you know, we're always trying to attack gaps, right? So the most obvious gap is that you've got college students, you know, who are looking for opportunities uh, and real estate's a big field that they're not pursuing today. Uh, you've got high school students that are seeing their communities change uh, and they don't realize that they could be learning and applying real estate from a very early age. Uh, so we went and attacked it and we've got programs that are middle school, high school, uh, and college. The connection that we draw is first starting with the idea of why are you here? Well, I mean, for many of you all, um, you have this interest in business and entrepreneurship, and we begin telling them that, hey, you could become a business person and entrepreneur in your own neighborhood uh, by investing in your real estate. So when I go into high schools or colleges to start, I'm not selling them on real estate. I'm selling them on entrepreneurship you know, through real estate and being an owner. And really, for many of them, they're afraid of gentrification. I'm describing to them that frankly, they could be looking at their neighborhood as an investing opportunity well before any developer gets there. They've got a competitive advantage because they live there. And so we start out with that idea of an ownership mentality. And then we go into teaching them about, you know, how do you understand how to make money in business, how to make money through real estate? Uh, And that's really understanding how to value something and then how to add value to it and then reap some of those rewards. So we really teach it through the idea of becoming an owner Uh, understanding how you add value to real estate as a business, and then all of the careers embedded in it, right? And I've got this philosophy of really, you got to learn it, you got to apply it, and you got to present it. And it's almost like in sports where you, you know, you practice and you play a game, you got to, you got to be in the arena um, uh, to really bring real estate home, in my opinion. And so we, we do all of the training, but it's really wrapped into this idea of learning and applying it and then presenting it. So, and, you know, when you talk about, you know, the, the work of owning in your own 
in in your own community and having that that impact. And and really, like what you're talking about is both wealth building and community development at the same time. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think the what I explain to our students is yeah, you know, developers aren't coming into your neighborhood because they're mean, evil people um, trying to make it tough for you to live there. Uh, there's a business and a profit motive uh, to all development activity. And so what we're doing is really educating students on how to become owners and investors and developers uh, in their own neighborhood. And in providing them with those skills, we're also demystifying the sector and what's happening in their local community. They still may not love the fact that rents are going up in their neighborhood, but we're giving them an appreciation of what's happening and also outlining for them how they can participate and some of the change is happening in the neighborhood. And so, you know, for me, it's deeply personal, which is I want to teach you how to make money um, in your own neighborhood. And I want to teach you how to see value in your neighborhood, even when others don't. Uh, and so our, our mission is really teaching that ownership mentality through real estate. And when you teach ownership of real estate, you don't teach just the acquisition and development. You teach the asset management, you teach the property management, and you teach all of these jobs that are well-paying jobs that are available in real estate. Um, and so we do it through that lens, not just, hey, real estate is great, but really, here's how you become an owner, and here's the responsibility of owning and the jobs that are involved in delivering a business plan. That is, that, I'm sold. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, maybe uh, even just to, to um, go from that into some examples mm. or, or stories that kind of how, how things work. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's, um, it's, it's, it's so simple in some regards in that you know, there's this demand on the real estate, from the real estate sector where they want to see more diversity. Uh, there's a desire of students to get into the sector. And so our job is really to demystify both sides of it. So in many cases, our, st- our work starts with a company. You know, Heinz will say to us or PGM will say to us, you know, we want to identify talent in Washington, D.C. or in New York. So PGM Real Estate may say, we'd love to identify some diverse talent. Uh, you know, in um, you know, at Howard University, right? A great historically black college, um, tons of talent. Yeah, uh, PGM in their mind, I think most folks' mind, they're not enough for those students that are graduating going into real estate. And so we tell PGM real estate, we'll design an educational experience uh, where your employees can engage with Howard University students, not when they're just juniors, but when they're freshmen and sophomores. So we design a 10-week program. Uh, where you know students from Howard will work in teams of ten on live real estate projects, and they go through every phase from property analysis to market research to valuation to financing, and they're working on teams right with the support of mentors from PGM Real Estate, and they're going through these two week rotations where every two weeks they're learning about a topic valuation, for example. They're working with PGM mentors to apply it to a live deal, and then they're doing a pitch competition where the PGM real estate team from Howard is competing against the Heinz team from Howard. And so what happens over time is through these competitions, you know, the PGM mentors get to know these outstanding students. The students get a chance to display their tremendous talent. And in the case of PGM in particular, you know, we finished our competition last Friday uh, and they've got offers out to two of our students who are sophomores, first semester sophomores at Howard, but they've got offers to join PGM real estate um, you know, for their sophomore summer in a program that's only, you know, 10 plus students, 20% of those slots are taken up by project destined students from Howard that they met through the program. So that's our work, which is bringing acquirers and providers of talent together through a training program where there's a little bit of fun competition. Uh, that, that sounds great. I'd, we'd love to hear a little bit more um, 
Right. So you started in Detroit. So, so tell me about uh, tell me about what you did in Detroit and how that has panned out. Yeah. So in so in Detroit, I mean, Detroit's an incredibly. I mean, it's just a fascinating city. There's so much rich history, you know, music to technology with the automotive companies, uh, and a tremendous amount of development that's happening there today by you know many of the largest players in real estate. Uh, it's also a black city, right? And so as that city is being developed, we've got to be careful that there is particip- participation broadly. Uh, in that transformation. And so we did something, you know, again, I, I think of it as simple, which is um, we wanted to go in and ourselves find opportunities to buy real estate, but we wanted to train students. So we partnered with a local high school, Jalen Rose Leadership Academy. If you know Jalen Rose, a basketball player, he's got a fantastic uh, charter school in Detroit, uh, his hometown. And so we took, you know, 15 students and one Saturday a month, we taught them sort of you know, just foundation topics in real estate. But every time we taught them something, they had to do a little bit of a pitch competition, you know, where they presented back, um, you know, topics. And they frankly pitched us on opportunities in Detroit. Well, we ended up buying, you know, a couple of those assets in Detroit that have turned out to be wonderful deals. And the students earned scholarship stipends because they were effectively our apprentice, you know, analyzing deals, presenting topics. I mean, the success in Detroit is remarkable. It grew into a military veterans program. Uh, but one of my favorite stories uh, is a gentleman, you know, Matthew Kinsey, who was 16 years old at Renaissance High School, was in our program in the fall of 2016. Well, he's now a sophomore at Howard University, and he just completed, uh, you know, our program at Howard with Hines as part of Team Hines. And so he's gone from being with us as a 16, 17-year-old in Detroit now he's at Howard with a 3.7 major. He's already got four or five internship offers, and he's been able to translate that early exposure to real estate to now he's at Howard studying finance, got offers from all kinds of real estate firms, uh, and he's going to find a career in real estate if he chooses. That's the kind of success story that we love. That's remarkable success. That's uh, that's really fantastic. So um, the, I imagine as you've grown across the different cities and uh, and the different kind of institutions that you work with that there's you know things that you've had to change or challenges that you've had to overcome mm. are there anything you highlight there yeah i mean so you i mean every time we we launch in a new market i mean you can't bring project destined detroit to miami there's a very different student so in miami you know we were fortunate that you know uh my wife and i met a rod and jennifer uh when you know at a concert i mean just to be frank every every good thing starts at a j-lo concert let's be honest uh, <laughs> and so we met uh, a rod backstage um i learned that a rod owned fifteen thousand units he learned that i had gone from carlisle doing project destiny and alex said to me that night it's midnight in vegas at jennifer's you know dressing room and alex says why don't we do project destiny in miami well three months later two days after he's commentating the world series we launched project destiny at a hundred person event at his home in miami uh, and we trained 40, you know, uh, ninth grade to 11th grade um, students, um, you know, in Miami on the foundations of real estate. And we go through the same program where we train you in all the basic elements and you pitch us on ideas. Well, we bought two assets. We invested in a deal with Alex uh, in Fort Lauderdale, a 200 unit asset that's been very successful that the students toured. Uh, and then I bought a smaller asset, um, you know, in Miami. And the students were involved in both of those. And what's powerful about it is, I mean, obviously they love the idea. I mean, these students are at the Boys and Girls Club where Alex wanted to play baseball. So, you know, learning real estate from your hero is is wonderful. Uh, but then also being part of a deal with your hero where you're giving advice and thoughts on, 
you know, what he should do with the asset. I mean, that's a pretty unique opportunity. And that's what I mean by you go from the theory, right? So you learn it and then you apply it, but you're applying it in this case, you know, on a big project with someone you admire and they're respecting your thoughts because you've been trained. And so in that way, we really model sports in the sense of, you know, practice and playing, practicing really hard and then being ready for the moment. None of those students knew that at the end of that program, they'd be presenting Shark Tank style, a live deal to Alex Rodriguez. But that's why they trained hard and they were prepared to do that. Um, that was an incredible transition for us because Detroit and Miami have very little in common in the sense of, you know, there's both, both have a need for developing diverse talent. The diverse talent in Detroit is African-American men and women. Um, the diverse talent that we were working with, you know, in Miami was largely Latinx. And so those are, you've got to, you've got to put in place very different approaches to training. So what we did a bit, a big growth step for us is that, you know, we built an e-learning platform um, that used graffiti-based animation to teach the language of real estate even before you got in our classroom. We learned that while the kids in Detroit and Miami may speak a different language quite literally, well, if we developed a software tool, someone like Rosetta Stone, that taught the language of real estate before they got to our class, we could really scale our work. So that's what we did. We built this e-learning platform so that those students had a chance to learn some foundational elements on their own. And then once they got to our classroom, they were speaking the same language. And now we've trained probably 600 students using that e-learning tool. And it frankly came out of a lot of learning from doing it in various parts of the country with various types of students. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So the software for that, I'm just curious, like how that that's like completely different than real estate. Say it one more time. The how, like creating uh creating like a training program that's in graffiti and all that kind of stuff. That's it. Like you you jump well outside of real estate to do that kind of stuff, huh? Well, what I so I'll tell you that. I mean, the, the funny story is that um, uh-huh. Jay Z did this op-ed in the New York Times, uh, and it was a visual op-ed where he used graffiti animation to describe the the impact of the you know, the drug war uh, on parts of New York, right? And uh-huh. what I noticed is that this animation really deracialized it and just kind of walked me through kind of like, oh my God, was it, this is what was happening uh, in terms of the impact on the community. And I was like, wow, what if I could use that kind of animation, you know, with real estate? Because when students see the animation, it's so much less intimidating. Then when you've got a talking head who's bespeckled, who looks different than you, who's talking about and describing all of this crazy jargon. And so we took time, I mean, over a year to put this animation together. And it's been a transformative tool for us because whether you're an eighth grader or a 10th grader or a college student, I mean, frankly, it helps when you've got this animation that's walking you through the process and the players and most importantly, the language of real estate, but it's not intimidating at all. And so we've um, we've really invested heavily in that software, and we're continuing, you know, to grow it. But it's a big piece of what we do is reducing the intimidation of real estate and the jargon. Uh, and then when you get in the classroom, you're ready to go. That's a really great point about you know just removing the jargon. Mm. And, you know, it seems like once you do that, um, our industry becomes a lot less uh, a lot less complicated. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so. A lot of people misuse or use this term, real estate is not rocket science. And I, and, I, and I must admit, I really dislike that phrase because real estate has tons of jargon that's incredibly intimidating. What's the cap rate? Like, who's ever heard of a cap rate, right? What's underwriting, 
right? Like all these terms, I mean, like, you know, it's just, there's lots of different terms that are intimidating until context is given. And so in my work, I'm always teaching you what it is and then wrapping a word around it, right? Uh, and so our e-learning platform just does that on a much higher level and it does it with great consistency, right? I mean, like the problem of doing like a live lecture is that someone could be having a good day or a bad day, low energy, you know, high energy. Uh, it's too much risk to me uh, for a student's first introduction to be inconsistent. So our e-learning pro- I mean, platform is really engaging. Um, it's, um, it's extraordinarily consistently applied across all of our cities. Uh, and the same feedback in every case, which is like, wow, okay, that really made it easy to understand. And so that consistency is really important to me because um, I want you to come in. I want our students to be at kind of the same level of understanding and same knowledge around language. And then I want to use our work to bring it to life. Uh, but the worst thing in the world for you know, an African-American student in Detroit is to see like an old, white, bespeckled guy who's using all this jargon, doesn't look like them, doesn't talk like them, uh, doesn't feel completely connected to them, and they don't know what he's talking about. And so they immediately see in all of that, okay, he doesn't understand me, I don't understand him, and your focus is all on what's different versus what you share in common. When I put our e-learning platform in front of you, it's just cool kind of imagery you know, describing real estate and some of the terms. That's to me a strong first impression. And we know how important first impressions are to education and to people. Cedric, now that you, you have the e-learning platform mm-hmm. and, and have been working working in more cities, you know, one of the one of the words you mentioned early on was scale. Mm-hmm. So what is what does that look like now uh, mm-hmm. for you? Yeah, I mean so um, in Detroit, we started in twenty sixteen through t- through 2019, in 2019, maybe we trained 320 students, three years, 320 students. We trained 350 this semester. We had another 400 in the first semester of, um, of, of 2021. They're across nine different cities, middle school to college. And so that's to me scale. We should be doing a thousand a semester, right? And that's not possible without really the baseline from the learning platform. Like that thing just works. It's a machine. It delivers. And what it produces is students who have much greater command of the knowledge. And now I can bring in a range of teachers to engage them. And so what we do now, you go through the e-learning and then you're going through an eight-week curriculum that has, you know, four two-week rotations. So it's just the the processing of it um, is an infrastructure is so strong that we can just put hundreds and thousands, thousands of students, you know, through the delivery mechanism. That's what scale does because you don't impact real estate uh, by training 10 really smart students every semester. Uh, You don't impact it by just doing college students. You've got to start early on and to do it early on, you've got to leverage technology uh, as well as human capital uh, to be able to, to produce scale. And this is where I'm, I'm going to, um, depart from my usual role as impartial podcast host uh, on a Freddie <laughs> Mac branded podcast <laughs> and and uh, just point out uh, that we've been starting to work with you uh, and and we're pretty excited about helping you bring uh, bring uh, bring the program to scale in in the DC area um, through uh, through high school um, so maybe maybe worth talking about that uh, just a little bit. Um, 
and uh, maybe uh, offer you the chance to, to talk about it a little bit more uh, rather than me. Of course, of course. And, and we're so grateful to call you all a partner. I mean, really since 2017, I mean, the first big break uh, that we got was, you know, there was uh, one of your colleagues, TJ Edwards, um, and David Brickman gave our team a chance to present at one of the Freddie Mac multifamily town halls. I laugh because at the time we did that in 2017, we didn't even have a pitch deck uh, to describe our work. So it was very, very early on, but it was a huge moment for us because of your, you know, your importance to the multifamily sector. Uh, and so that was the first time we met Freddie Mac, and it was extraordinary. We got a chance to present to many of your colleagues, um, and one of our first early students got an internship that really began with that presentation. So it was a huge, huge moment for us. Um, and since that session, I mean, we've worked with so many, you know, of your partners, Cortland, right? I mean, like EQR, right? We've really benefited from, you know, from that network. Uh, but we've we haven't we hadn't found a place to really connect with you all in terms of scaling. Uh, an educational product that would really, you know, demonstrate to students the the power of what you all do for both the multifamily and the residential sector. Uh, that was until earlier this year, and I'm really excited about the product that we're developing with you all because I think it is the biggest scaling opportunity uh, that we have in our program. Uh, and for you all, I mean, what we're building is so unique is that we're taking our e-learning platform, you know, as a product, uh, and we're providing it to a high school in Washington D.C. And we're not talking about 10 students or 20 students. We're, our pilot is 100 students um, at a charter school uh, in Washington, D.C. And they're going to go through you know, what is a 10-week program uh, in partnership with Freddie Mac. And here's what's exciting. All of those students are going to start out leveraging our e-learning platform uh, where they're getting introduced to the language of real estate. Uh, from there, they're going to then participate in, again, we like rotations, uh, and four two-week rotations where one week they're really working with their teacher to understand some of the basics, leveraging the learning. And the following week, they're then working in teams of five, you know, with Freddie Mac, you know, um, Freddie Mac team members. And they're going deep into real estate, understanding, you know, how do you do property analysis? How do you do valuation? What is financing? And so thinking about the, the power of Freddie Mac and the scale and the human capital is now going to be deployed leveraging technology you know, into a high school in Washington, D.C. And if you think about once we do that very well, uh, I mean, the ability to do that around the country, you know, leveraging the strength of your platform and all of your partners, but our technology solution you know, to help teachers and students become aware of real estate and then have your colleagues bring it to life through training. And because we love competitions, there'll be bi-weekly competitions. But the real power of it is your incredible human capital and partnerships our technology and coming together to really teach real estate first in high school, and I can see it only growing from there. And you know, by by the time this uh, this episode gets aired, uh, you know, I'm sure we'll be uh, underway on that. And you know, it's it, you know an aspect of this that that I think is is a uh, sort of maybe a bonus uh, there is is that the teachers get involved, right? You know, just think about how important teachers are in the lives of uh, of their students, and you know, the more teachers who understand this too, the more more people who can be suggesting to students like, hey, there is this field of commercial real estate where you can have a big impact in your community uh, and beyond. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is, I mean, like, I think, the, you know, once you have 10th graders, you know, understanding what non-recourse debt is, understanding, you know, what Freddie Mac does to provide or liquidity in the sector, 
they then just start asking, they then begin to ask some really important questions, which is, hold on, you mean like I could actually go and raise money, you know, and buy this apartment building? Like that's going to be kind of unheard of for them. Right. And so I think the power of it is that like you're giving them this language and then you're giving them a network because here's what a lot of a lot of young people say, which is that, you know, I've got I, I've got good ideas. I don't have access to capital. And I always tell students, you don't have an access to capital issue. You have an access to people who have access to capital issue. Right. So I always tell students, you've got to build a network uh, of folks. Um, you know, who can support you in gaining access to capital for your ideas. So imagine these, you know, 10th, 11th, and 12th graders in Washington, D.C., right? Imagine them going through a 10-week course where they're working with your colleagues. And one day they're thinking about, like, I'd love to buy, you know, this building in Southeast D.C. And then they're saying, you know what? I know someone at Freddie Mac that could actually introduce me, you know, to Walker and Dunlap, and I could actually get a loan to actually buy that building. I mean, to me, that's the kind of opportunity we're given, which is, you know, first there's the knowledge, then there's network, and then there's the access that comes from having those two things. This is why I think it's so powerful. And without technology to kind of power it, I think you have a bunch of students going to a career day where they're hearing folks talk about things they'll never do, which is not what we want to see. Yeah. I, I, and I can see that how you put it together, right? That it just really creates that excitement that the thing where they're feeling that there is no access to capital and then like you're connecting all the dots, right? To make them see that. And I can say that uh, as we approach the, the Freddie program uh, or, or working together with you guys, uh, the excitement internally is is very much there too, as people think, look for an opportunity to, to participate, to, uh, to be a part of that program, because it's just such exciting work. Um, I wonder if there's anything else that, like, I'm sure you're growing in many, many ways. Is uh, other things that you want to discuss about your work? I mean, this is the big piece. I mean, I think what, um, I mean, what we love so much about our work is that, you know, we never built it to be, you know, a nonprofit or for profit. We built it to be an education company, you know, that attacked opportunity. And so I think for your listeners, I mean, what we love is that we've got programming that's very much focused on the nonprofit sector. We've got, you know, lots of folks who want to make donations to help students uh, and schools get access to this. And then we've got programming that's very much for profit where, you know, people like Freddie Mac come to us and say, design a solution for us to drive impact in a school or community where we care. And so what I love about my work and every day is I get up and I get a chance to, you know, go and ask people, what problems do you have? and then try and produce solutions to it. And to me, one of the greatest problems of our time is housing and ownership. And I get a chance to attack that big problem every day. And my partners are Freddie Mac. My partners are related. My partners are Blackstone. And so I get a chance to work with these really big, large entities and then help them think of solutions to these big problems. So it's a, it's a real privilege. Cedric, this has been a fantastic discussion and, and uh, you know, so many good things to talk about and, and share. So thank you so much for being on the program. Of course. It's my pleasure. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Freddie Mac Multifamily Podcast. If you'd like to learn more, follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.